This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Brought to you by Albate Resort, a renovation of style in the heart of Sharjah. Sabah al-khair and welcome back to the second hour of Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Ramadan might be the month of fasting, but that shouldn't stop you from pursuing your health and fitness goals. In fact, this can be the perfect time to make changes that are going to make you healthier than ever. From mastering discipline and mental strength to the benefits of fasting, Ramadan can actually be the key to taking your health to the next level. We talk the Ramadan health advantage next with Mr. and Mrs. Muscle right here on Pulse95. The heart of Shaja. This is Pulse95. Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, they are back. Our favorite fitness couple, Mr. and Mrs. Muscle, are back with us in the studio. And this time we are talking how to keep fit and healthy in Ramadan. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Hey. <laughs> Good to have you. Good to have you. Now, um, you know, we are approaching, fast approaching Ramadan, as we were just saying. My gosh, I don't know where the time is going. Um, but uh, you guys have a lot of tips for us when we're approaching a couple of things. It's all about the eating and also, of course, the exercise, trying to fit in exercise during the fasting month as well. Um, a lot of us kind of <laughs> let everything go, shall we say, in the month of Ramadan. But actually, uh, there are much better ways to approach Ramadan because actually it can be a, a really great opportunity to change things up in a very healthy way. Because, um, you know, for us who have been fasting Ramadan ever since we can remember, you know, growing up doing that, it's meant to be, you know, that opportunity where we change things for the better, isn't it? Yes, mm. for sure. So th- from your perspective, you know, what can we do to actually do that? Uh, there's loads of things we're going to cover today. And I think what's important, um, you just mentioned there's so many people that have been doing it from such a very, very young age. Um, but you also have physiological changes as you start to grow older, uh, whereby there's a big, big, big difference into how your body responds um, to the fasting phase. So I think it's important to talk about the preparation um, that's needed beforehand. Okay, let's do that because uh, often we don't talk about preparation that's not something we really talk about um what do we need to do to prepare to fast well so basically you need to start thinking about um how you're going to mentally approach it uh, your body goes through a lot of changes during this time especially if it's a it, it's not something that you do often if you're not fasting often so it'd be great to one um get like a few of the distractions out of your you know your life you know uh, cool down a little bit Start going to bed a little bit earlier. Um, just a, oh, there's one thing. Sorry, it's just completely gone out of my head. So yeah, so go to bed um, earlier. Um, start getting some of the social distractions out of your life. So take a little bit more time for yourself. Um, also, just uh, start introducing a few things to your diet as well, like uh, intermittent fasting, which will help you actually during the fast Mm. um, and that will prepare you physically and mentally for the whole month of Ramadan. Because there's a lot of talk now, um, it's just become trendy 
intermittent fasting, hasn't it? It's one of those health trends that is just, I feel like it's peaking at the moment. Everybody's talking about it and everybody's talking about the benefits. Um, and we're all kind of like, you know, thinking, well, that's what Ramadan is for. Actually, yeah. that's the, the idea of that is to prepare us for, to hopefully do a bit more of that during the year. And, you know, for Muslims, it's funny because um, there's other fasting as well that you're encouraged to do. You're encouraged to do um, at the middle of every lunar month, three days of fasting, um, you know, to kind of, again, it's a spiritual thing, but it cleanses the system too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, other types of fasting as well. Um, but that, you know, that is a great point to kind of actually start mini fasts Yes. before the holy month starts. For sure. And, how, and how would you go about doing that? Yeah. Well, again, you just mentioned something as well. Uh, about fasting during the lunar months for those three days, those three-day periods. Um, it's really, really important to understand that your spiritual side is connected to your physical body, 100%. And this is this is something that approaching the fast, don't just think, okay, it's that time again, I have to just go into it. Really try and connect with your body spiritually and listen to your surroundings. So um, it's like we've said, get rid of the social distractions. Don't just think you're fasting from water and from food. Fast from all of the distractions because it's not just eating through the mouth that we do. We eat through our eyes. We eat through our ears in terms of what we listen to. Um, So it's about really going through the fast. I mean, the real proper fast. Mm. Um, When we now start talking about the uh, preparation, start drinking more water. You're going to need to focus on replacing these fluids. So I think one of the first tips um, to, to really open with is to cut down or limit things that have caffeine. You know, a lot of people drink um, sugary drinks, sweet drinks, um, fizzy drinks, coffee, tea even has caffeine. One of the reasons you want to limit your intake of caffeine, especially during the fasting time, is that it's actually a diuretic. And um, what that will do is it will actually push your body to kind of release water. So remember, during the fasting phase, you're going to need to try and retain as much water as possible as well as stay hydrated. Um, caffeine is going to lead you lead to you being dehydrated. So that's the number one tip is to start from now limiting those liquids and focus on drinking a lot more water, get used to sipping more water. That is so interesting because, you know, I, I, I love um, going on social media bef- just before Ramadan because I see all my friends who are, you know, the coffee addicts and they're all like, oh, I'm starting now. You know, I'm, I'm limiting the coffee. I'm cutting it out because they know for 30, for 30 days it's going to be difficult to, to be able to get the fix that they normally do throughout the day. Mm. Um, but I didn't realize that 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 is one of the reasons. I mean, we think of the caffeine kind of uh, rush and the yep. need for that. But, you know, the whole whole diuretic side of it yeah, for is sure. a whole other thing. Yeah, it's a natural diuretic. So, um, And people tend to forget that because when you when you need energy, A, water actually does give you energy. It helps to replenish your cells. You get energy. But we're always looking for energy from things like caffeine or sugar. So when we're looking for energy, we're going straight to the caffeine. And then what we don't realize is we're getting dehydrated. We get tired again. And this is why you have that peak and then that big drop. Um, afterwards where you're just seeking for more Um, and the reason you need to kind of focus on limiting the caffeine from now is you can have withdrawal symptoms yeah and those withdrawal symptoms are very very strong and I'm saying I'm saying it from experience I mean we're talking Mm -hmm. headaches 
um, it can be really, really strong. So you want to just start from now preparing yourself. Yep, yep. We're going to um, keep going through those tips to help us to prepare for the fasting month for Ramadan, but also um, getting some tips from Mike and Viv, Mr. and Mrs. Muscle, on how to stay healthy, achieving fitness goals as well, and making making sure that we still exercise in Ramadan. All of that and more is coming up right here on Life Beats. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. We're back with Mr. and Mrs. Muscle talking uh, how to get through Ramadan in the most healthy possible way. Because, yes, it involves fasting, but we often do it wrong. It's interesting. We were just talking about coffee, um, Mike, and you were telling me how, okay, so when we're trying to lose weight, coffee is a great thing. Um, because it helps you to metabolize uh, the food. Um, helps with the metabolism, uh, metabolizing fat as well, yeah. Yeah, maybe. but in terms of when you're fasting, that's a whole kind of different ball game. You shouldn't really be going to, to, to coffee. Yeah, for sure, because when you're on a normal day-to-day basis, when you're um, on a non-fasting day and you're mm. having coffee, for example, in a fasted state, that's going to help. A, give you the energy. It's going to help with, again, uh, accessing um, the energy from your fat cells. However, during a fasted state, you're not drinking um, enough liquid throughout um, throughout the day. There's so many gaps between where you eat and where you drink. So that's one of the main reasons we say during the fasted, um, the 30 days of fasting, limit the coffee right. where possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, that kind of naturally leads me to talk a bit more about the food side as well. Yes. Um, one of the big things that you have to kind of focus on limiting or avoiding is the fried foods. Oh, you've just hit a big one there for a lot of people because uh, as we um, break the fast every night, pretty much everybody has samosas on the table to um, to break their fast, whether they're vegetable samosas or meat or whatever it is, you know, those fried little goodies. And we think because they're small and they're cute, they don't do too much. <laughs> That's the thing. That, this, is where, this is where the damage comes in. It's okay. So there are a number of reasons why you want to limit or avoid uh, the fried foods. One they're going to be very, very calorie dense. So, for example, I know myself, I could probably eat 10 samosas like that. Easily. Like re- really, really Not quickly. just you, all of us. E- easily. But the calories in those 10 samosas is going to be equivalent to you having almost a meal and a half, if not two meals. And it doesn't feel like you've eaten a meal and a half or two meals. So, you're definitely overeating on the calories on that side if you're having all these dense, like calorie dense, fat fried foods. But um, that's not the main reason. The main reason is um, fat as a macronutrient is one of the slowest um, food groups to digest. So it's really taxing on your digestive system. Now, if we talk uh, about breaking your fast in the evening with fried foods and fatty foods, when it comes to the morning time when you're supposed to have suhoor, one of the most important times for you to eat, you don't really feel like eating much. So you're not setting you're already setting yourself up for for failure throughout the day or for a, a low energy state throughout the entire day. And again, because it's taxing your digestive system, it means that energy is being used from somewhere for a process that you're not even thinking about. That's why you feel exhausted as well. Completely, yeah. After you've just kind of eaten like this big meal of, you know, it could be like the the main meal could be fried or, you know, you're going into samosas. Um, But I think it's really important kind of to, to talk about the thing that is traditionally meant to break your fast, which is dates. Yes. You know what's interesting? about dates and about breaking the fast with dates 
you know, that's the prophetic way of doing it. The Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. That's how he advised everyone to break their fast. You have to do it with a date. And it has to be an odd number. It has to be one, three, five, seven, um, and water, or um, what we call leban or yogurt, which I personally love. And there's there's a special prayer that you say, and the prayer goes like this: The thirst has gone. Part of the prayer is, the thirst has gone. The arteries are moist, and the reward is uh, surely with with God. You know, for this fast, it is so interesting that you know this is we talk about this in the actual dua or the prayer of it because you know the way that dates work in your body it's this immediate but incredibly nutritional hit of glucose and it's exactly what you need in that moment and it just replenishes you almost instantly for sure 100 percent and, and, and a lot of that's going to um, come down to things like your insulin sensitivity. Yeah. Now, these are things that won't necessarily be described because it doesn't need to be. But um, if we quickly think about that fasting process and how it was done back in the day, just really, really want everyone to think about it. These days, when you hear friends or family talk about fasting, they're just expecting to be tired, low of energy. Expecting so it. Exactly. Expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. It was never ever described as something that makes you tired. They used to go to war in the middle of like <laughs> they were in battle. I kid no, you not. They used amazing. to be in battle. They used to do just. They used to have normal days. They didn't shorten days. They just went about their business. It and and you know sometimes with even more energy. A lot more energy. How? A lot more energy. So um, again, and that has everything to do with again this insulin sensitivity. So when we talk about the date really quickly, um, as you go down that fasting process you're not eating as much. Now, when we eat on a normal day-to-day basis, every time we eat, we release the hormone insulin. And it's our, it's our energy storing hormone. What it does is it takes the nutrients from food, it takes the sugars out of our blood and it stores it into the liver, into the muscles and into fat cells. So when we frequently eat and we keep eating and eating and eating, what tends to happen is we start building a resistance to that insulin. And if we build a resistance to that insulin, your body's going to force itself to produce more. And that's why you're constantly in a storing state. You start to gain weight, you get tired, uh, you become lethargic. Now, when you go down the fasting process, well, what are we not doing? We're not eating and we're not eating frequently. Now, we're not saying starve yourself. We're saying you're not eating frequently, not eating too much. So you're not releasing as much insulin. You become sensitive. So the moment you have that date, all the sugar from that date, you're going to have a huge surge in insulin. It's going to grab that energy and store it where it needs to be stored and used and utilized. When we now move forward to talking about um, things like the fat burning process or or even how the fast is helping, when you're fasting, your body also goes through a state of cell renewal. And I don't know, do you remember the word we talked about autophagy? Yes. That key word. So as as you're going through that process of cell renewal, you're helping your body to shuttle blood, like fresh blood, improves your circulation, is going all throughout your body, your energy is coming back. So this is where the energy is starting to come from, from the fast. Mm -mm -mm. You're also able to tap into your fat cells and take the energy from those fat cells. So look, your body is made up of an infinite ball of energy. If you want to access that stored energy, let your body access it. Stop trying to give it new energy. Mm. And, that, and that's why from fasting we have um, the energy that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So that's how you access it. We're going to come back in just a moment. Talk about some of the really good foods that we should be having during um, Ramadan as well, as well as exercise. How do you get that in um, and make sure that it all works for you? All of that and more next on Life Beats. This is Pulse 95. 95. 
It's a Sharjah story. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, we are back with the awesome Mr. and Mrs. Muscle talking how to get fit or stay fit during the month of Ramadan. And so many fantastic tips from the two of you, Mike and Viv. Now, um, we've been talking about how we really need to be avoiding the fried foods. That's a big one. Uh, I know a lot of us love it. But also... Um, This is a really important one as well. When we talk about the benefits of fasting, the release of growth hormones in our bodies, that's a big one because we've been talking about how it changes. You know, our body changes as we age, as we get older, um, and we don't have as much growth hormone uh, in our bodies. Yes, that's correct. So when we're younger, we have loads of growth hormone, which tends to be secreted, uh, well, it is secreted uh, by the pituitary gland. gland um, and that's secreted when we're sleeping uh, usually now as we get older that start that secretion level decreases dramatically so earlier when we mentioned about you know doing fasting when we're kids just like like it's nothing it's so easy yeah so easy nowadays it's not going to be like it's, it's a lot more difficult and as we get older we need things like growth hormone um, just so people know uh, growth hormone is responsible for making new muscle tissue uh, it metabolizes fat strengthens your bones boosts your mood and your cognitive function Mm. so it's responsible for so many functions um in the body that help give you energy help keep you feeling uh, you know give you vitality um however when you're low on growth hormone you will go through you know a certain um, amount of symptoms uh, such as depression hair loss especially in men hair loss uh, decreased muscle mass and strength memory loss dry skin lack of concentration fatigue weight gain around the waist so it's just like the the worst thing that can happen to you (laughs) i love it yeah and um yeah a lot of people go through this and one of the best ways to kind of boost those you know boost your growth hormone levels is to fast and it's just activates it all of a sudden again 100 percent. you were telling me if you fast for 24 hours straight Yes. What happens? So um, there's been some research. Uh, If you do a 24-hour fast without food, uh, you can boost your growth hormone levels in men by about 2,000% and by about 1,300% in women. Mm. And this is from a 24-hour fast. Now, those that are listening to this, this is not me saying, okay, now go without food. But if you are fasting uh, this month, bear in mind that you're boosting these levels. So it's, it's, it's in your best interest to focus on exactly what you're breaking your fast with, um, how you're eating, and doing the fasting process properly. Really great point. So in terms of foods that we should be having when we break our fast, and of course, like don't try and cram three meals and snacks all into that <laughs> little tiny um, window when you break your fast, right? Um, Viv, what's your advice in terms of what we should be eating? Okay, in terms of what we should be eating, again we're going to stick to those whole foods so and it is really keeping it simple uh so you've got your whole grains your your brown rices um or you can even have like arabic bread or something like that um have your lean proteins so fish uh, chicken uh, anything that you choose for protein and then you're going to have your healthy fats um, which are like your avocados olive oils try not to have too many olives because they're quite salty so um, you don't want to have too much salt in your diet because it will dehydrate you. Um, but in terms of the food, just make sure you're getting also lots of greens as well. So you want foods that are going to be alkalizing in your body. 
um, as well because of obviously you're going to be fasting, so you want to always replenish and keep it nice and calm inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haytham is saying, I'm loving the show, guys, but what about the difference um, eating between uh, uh, iftar and suhoor? So the difference of what you should be eating between breaking your fast and suhoor when you're uh, you're preparing to uh, start the fast once again. Um, the foods that you should be eating are actually quite similar. It, again, you because of they're all going to be nutrient dense, you want to be making sure that you're getting that before you actually fast. So all the nutrients you need, your healthy fats, your your antioxidants, <laughs> your <laughs> your carbs, your proteins. So you get that as you prepare for your fast and then as you break your fast. But in terms of when you break your fast, try having something like um, lemon water before you eat just to prepare your stomach Brushes so that you can... Um, Uh, absorb all the nutrients very quickly and efficiently i love that it's like a little cleanse before it all goes in yes and and just even to touch on what you should be having uh, in the morning and um for sahur it's going to be the same as if you know you're having breakfast on a non-fasting day your your brain needs the glucose to power you to wake up so make sure you are getting um you know your, your carbohydrates in it's perfectly fine and normal to have fruits Mm-hmm. Um, definitely have uh, a slow digesting carb for sure the fast carb that you should have should come from the fruits but your slow digesting carb is what you're going to want to have to give you sustainable energy throughout the entire day for example mm-hmm. so uh, oats. oats yeah <laughs> oats. Oats, oats are great for that seeds. Yeah. and if you do have um maybe some sort of uh, supplement like a protein shake you can put that in there for the added uh, protein of course. do you know what's great that we um traditionally have as well is full which is like fava yep. beans that are you know i don't know what the process is that they go through but uh, basically they're fava beans or you know you have chickpeas or whatever yep. it is like a type of hummus or something like that i love that it's yeah, so delicious sure. but it's just brilliant it's just it fills you up real fast yes and it keeps you full for like the whole day <laughs> yeah it's high in it's high in fiber yes and, and so it's whilst it's there bulking in your digestive system that that will sustain you throughout the um the rest of the day i think what you have to kind of remember is you have energy draining foods which is like we mentioned the high fat foods Stay that's counter away from it yeah it's counterproductive to to you trying to sustain your energy throughout the day if you're mm. eating things that are going to just tax so much out of your digestive system Something that we love too as well, though, is sweets. Yes. <laughs> you have to have the sweets at the end of the iftar. Your advice on that? Um, moderation. <laughs> <laughs> there is no advice. No, you it's can just have all carbs and sugar you and, can and have cream it. and fat. Yeah. Of course, it's part Let's of the tradition. Bit. But yeah, yes, to try and uh, keep it limited. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, if you eat too much, it's going to tax your digestive system and then it might start that process to make things a bit harder during the fast. And it will also make you crash as well. And, and that's what tends to happen. Uh, I think, you know, and it's important to note, guys, you know, if, if you are fasting, because a lot of people tend to take time away from exercise when fasting, you don't necessarily need to do this. Um, you know, this, this whole concept we have of time starts to get a little bit warped. You can actually train just before suhoor. Mm, exactly. And, and we would recommend doing that. We're going to talk about that. The mm. best time to actually um, be exercising in Ramadan in just a second as well. Um, but uh, yeah, and to kind of talk about the spacing, not just uh, of when to, to exercise, 
but the spacing of the food, you know, don't just spend <laughs> yes. that entire time eating. Um, lots of great tips, lots of great strategies right here from Mr. and Mrs. Muscle on Life Beats on Pulse 95. From the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. the heart of Sharjah. Pulse 95. Something to talk about. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. We're talking exercise now. There's a, a lot to cover. This is really cool. I feel like we're covering all the bases here in terms of staying fit and healthy in Ramadan with Mike and Viv, Mr. and Mrs. Muscle. Um, yeah, we were talking about when is the best time to exercise and kind of talking about, you know, in obviously, because you've got such a small window to eat, how do you space your meals out um, within that time? Uh, one of the things that we've heard uh, quite a bit and you know, in practice, when you practice it, it's it's a really great thing as well. You have your dates when it's iftar time in the evening, and then you go to pray for because there's you know one of the five prayers is at that time at sunset. So having that window, even though it might be five minutes, it's five ten minutes just to do that prayer, and then you come back. I feel like, and I would love to hear from people on this, your approach to eating is completely different as opposed to going in straight in and kind of leaving the prayer to a little bit later which you can do but actually i feel like that just sets you up in a whole different way yeah for sure yeah because even with the date it's also a digestive aid you know you're like you get the energy that you've been craving and needing Mm. like for the entire day yes you break it the energy comes through yes you actually set yourself up set the body up ready to eat so yeah, you've gone yeah. into that storage mode and by not feeding yourself straight away there's also that discipline in, um, inside it like just remember this is this takes a lot of discipline that's one of the reasons that you know when we approach going into the fasting state you know we have to we have to prepare the mind it takes a lot sure of discipline sure does yeah but you're right you know in terms of um, the approach to eating it would be different Mm-mm-mm. and so like in terms of exercise yes. let's talk exercise now um, it, people want to uh, exercise but they don't know where to fit it in Uh, A lot of people kind of think, okay, before the time of iftar, just before the sunset, is that a good time to do your exercise? You can you can do exercise just before sunset that time, but bear in mind you still haven't had any water Mm. uh, at that time period. So this one comes down to the individual. It comes down to um, personal preference and and what your body's used to. You wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest anything too intense. Um, I could. I would definitely suggest walking or preparing yeah. the body in that state. You can get into a mild sweat, even if it's a thirty-minute walk. You could still do that, but yeah. it has to be um, low intense just before you you, you break that first. Because people are kind of like, okay, I can drink after this, and so I'll just get in that session in that time, and then after that, I can eat, I can drink, and I'm fine. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, um, what I would recommend is uh, if you are working out and and you've been working out before in the month of Ramadan and the fasting. Um, is to work at about 60% of your actual maximum. So you're, you're still getting a good workout. You do maybe three sets of about 10 to 12 reps. Um, so, but take a lighter load. 
So you're still moving your muscles, you're still getting a little bit of that, you know, that effort that you're exerting and you're feeling like you're exerting, but you're not overdoing it. Mm. And this will help you to maintain your muscle um, during the whole uh, the month as well so that yeah, you don't lose it during yeah. during the fast. Because that's really important. If you don't use it, you lose it. It's literally, it's one of those things one, which 100%. rings very true. It's really, it's actually really quick to lose, you know, if you don't exercise, you do lose they, that muscle. They, don't they you? say, you know, they, they, the reverse, the reversal process isn't necessarily quick, but what, what tends to happen is you, you, um, you set yourself up, you set your body up differently. It's very easy for us to get stiff quite quickly. Mm. So rather than us thinking that we'll lose the muscle quickly, it's easy for us to go back into old habits very quickly. Mm. And old habits aren't biased with time. So whereas we think one hour, 12 hours is a long time, if you're sitting in a particular position for 30 minutes straight, that's, that's like a decade to your, to your body in a wow. stiff particular position. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's really, really important to focus on, on on how you kind of factor that exercise in. But in terms of exercise timings, uh, our suggestion would be if, you're, if it's just before sunset, low to medium intensity, for sure. Work up a little sweat, get your body um, ready to kind of, uh, you know, ingest food, work up a little sweat. Um, if you're looking to kind of go into that fat burning process, go with the cycle. So, just before Sahur, just before uh, dawn, you you know you can definitely get a quick, high intensity training session in, and I would, def I would strongly recommend that. Good 10, 15 minutes in there. 10, 10 15 minutes. Uh, it's a great time for you to kind of um, get that high intensity workout in. Um, def definitely don't neglect it. That can give you some very, very, very good results. And again, that's at the time where your growth hormone is at its highest and mm. your insulin levels are at its lowest. So it's a maximal time for you to go into that fat burning state. Wow. Um, another time to kind of consider is after Tauria prayers because and this is if you really want to do your you know your traditional um, heavy training or your traditional training so whether it's a minimum 45 minutes or a maximum one hour one hour and a half training session because you can actually fit in a pre-workout meal at this time period and also a post-workout that is really clever. I like that. I like how you've worked into Tarawih prayers into all of this because literally you can, you know, use this cycle to your advantage. And um, as we know, if you do Tarawih prayers in the evening, you're you're up and down, you're up and down. And, you know, that's it's almost like a functional fitness exercise in and of itself, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Um, you feel it. Uh, but, yeah, brilliant tips. I love that. So there are three opportunities right there. L loads. Yeah. Loads. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. There's no excuse, is there? There's definitely not. So please, those of you that are, are thinking this month you don't have to exercise, that's not true. You do want to exercise because your your output level is already going to, to go down. You're expecting it to go down. Your output level is going to go down. You're going to be storing extra calories. And this is why most people tend to put on weight um, during Ramadan than yeah. normal non-days. And the exercise will help to boost your energy as well. So definitely try to get it in. I love it. I love it. This has been a, a brilliant show all about uh, getting healthy in Ramadan. But we cannot leave without your fact of the week, Mike. Yes. <laughs> Give it to us. Very important. So this one is it's a bit weird, but the nose, the human nose, can detect one trillion smells. Wow. Now, it's very, very important. Don't just think the nose is there for smelling. It actually filters out dust. Like We have to keep... Nose health is a very big thing, um, especially for those... Um, it helps with the breathing problems that people tend to have. So what's interesting is detecting those one trillion sm uh, smells is also linked directly to the brain and it's linked to memory. We have something called nose memory. So it's like um, if you're out there, you walk into a room and you've, you've smelt something that you've smelt 
before and it triggers a memory in yes, the past. from your childhood oftentimes. Yeah. And usually this happens in Ramadan with food. Uh, yeah, it's very, very true. You know, the traditional recipes. You know, it's the stuff that your mum used to cook yeah. or whatever and then suddenly you're taken back. Um, yeah. But and, and as well, you can't taste without being able to smell food. Yes. So it's incredible. It's Another really amazing good. fact. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. We're going to see the two of you back again very, very soon. Again, an amazing show, and it will be up on our podcast, Apple uh, Podcast, and SoundCloud as well. You can find it online. Look for uh, Life Beats <laughs> Pulse 95 Radio. That's it for us. We are going to be back with you again from 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. Have a great day, and more celebrations for our first anniversary continue. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.